Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists, editorial board members, and columnists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by two-thirds of the Taste team, Chuck Blount. I, I always want to say blunt. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> blount. Blount. Yeah, yeah. And Paul Steven. Howdy ho. Uh, how are you doing today? Doing great. Not yeah. too bad, man. It's been an exciting uh, couple of weeks here in the food world. It, it has been. Um, I wanted to do a, I want to do this regularly where we just sit down. Hopefully, uh, Mike will join us for the next one. He's uh, gallivanting around the world right now. You know you can't get Mike to shut up, so he will <laughs> gladly join us. Yes, yes. We go 45 minutes easily every time. I'm like, hey, we can do like a quick 20. An hour later goes by. <laughs> He's my favorite, though. Uh, but uh, I just want to do a recap of the stuff that you guys do week to week because you guys are prolific. So many, so many articles a week. So uh, I wanted to start with this one because – Churros, San Antonio. <laughs> of course, the yes. one you just did. Let's talk about the five best churro restaurants in San Antonio. What, what, what's number one? Ah, oh, man, you're gonna make me pick. See, uh, uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with Honchos. Honchos. They, the Honchos on Broadway in Alamo Heights. They they've been open for a couple of years now. I had a chance to to review them when they first opened. It's right down the road, right here on Broadway. Yeah, yeah, right? it's real close. Uh, they, I think they first opened about maybe three three and a half years ago. And at that time, this is sort of a, an old converted gas station that, it, that it's located mm-hmm. in. They didn't really have the place polished yet. So it, it still kind of felt rough around the edges. But in the in the time that they have been open, they have created just like it, it's a, a fun, entertaining, mm-hmm. sexy space that, that like, I, I don't know. I never really thought about churros as like a date night option. But after oh, hanging out yeah. there, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool spot. A really good alternative for like ice cream or something. Do, are you a sweets kind of – I'm not really a sweets kind of person, but – Churros, maybe because I'm Mexican. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the only real sweet thing that I can I can eat. Um, what, what what are your favorite desserts? Oh yeah, I, yeah. Churros with ice cream. Yes. Uh, yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm all in, I'm all in for it and everything like that. Uh, I don't like really particularly the the dry churro that isn't hot. But uh, I, I have, based on Paul's reporting, I have lots of options to go test. You know, test out some different places for sure. Well, the, the, one of the, one of the qualifying factors for this story is, as as Chuck was mentioning, the places where they they are prepared in advance and put out in a display case. All of these prepared their churros fried fresh to order. That's, so, I mean, yeah. that's the only way to have it warm is the only way to yeah. have a churro, in my opinion. Not just warm, but like right out of the oil. Oh. I don't want it under a heat lamp. That grease gets all nasty after a while. So that's awesome. And, and you know what? You know what? One of the really tragic things is about churros is so many people. They're probably their first and only experience with churros was like getting them at Taco Bell. And like they're horrible. Yeah, and they're, they've they're, been they're, sitting they're, there. They're cold, probably yeah, they're, stiff. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely horrible. Now, they are, they are not the best churros in, in town by far, but I do give kudos to, to Costco of all places. They they kind of normalize churros around most of the country. Yeah. It's, there are people, if you grew up in Minnesota, if you grew up in Maine, churros aren't part of your culture there. But 
Costco is there. And, and they yeah, have it there? It's Yeah, they, they've had churros on their menu for a, for a long time in their food court. So that's for a lot of people, that's their first and only taste of what a churro is. So I mean, good work on them for spreading the gospel. The only one I've, I've, I've gone to was uh, that you mentioned was the one over there closer to Bandera. I, I love in, churros. In Leon Valley. That Leon is Valley, a gorgeous yes. space. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a really fun one. Really unique churros, too. They are incredibly light. Just al- almost nothing there, too. And once you get past the crunch, uh, in- just beautiful, delicate, well-done stuff. I don't know why it is, but it really I really don't like sweets usually. But churros is the only thing that, with with caramel. And I usually hate caramel. I'm, I'm more of a savory kind of guy. Give me like a pickle or some beef jerky as a snack. Uh, but yeah, churros with some, are the only – I don't know. Maybe it's a kid thing because – I enjoyed them when I was a child, I guess. That, as I much as I like churros, I am a Southern boy now. So the lemon meringue pie is the one true dessert in my book. But oh, I, I will eat anything. We've talked about that before. Yeah, probably so. Yep. Yes. Um, another article I really want to talk to you guys about was Chuck's grilling with fruit. Because I had – it was incredible. Like, Just I'll let you talk about it. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the idea is, is, you know, you got your grill. You got your smoker. You got whatever it is you want. And – you just don't think to add extra layers of flavor to it. And, and you know, I, I chopped up, you know, the peaches and I chopped up the coconut and, uh, and chopped up uh, some grapefruit. And it did actually make a difference. Like my backyard smelled like a peach tree was oh, burning on fire. And, and it did make its way into the flavor of the meat. The coconut didn't work quite so well because there's so much fat in coconut. It was like I was throwing uh, gasoline on top of the fire and it was like, you know, and, and, but, uh, you know, but hey, the reason you test things is uh, because sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And, uh, but, but yeah, it, it really made a, a huge difference. And they're actually selling charcoal now that, Infused? It's embedded with onions and garlic and rosemary and all that stuff. That was kind of what gave me the idea to do it. And then, you know, I talked to some other barbecue authorities and they're like, well, why don't you try it with the fruit and and everything like that? And it, it works. It works. So go out and have some fun and throw some random stuff on your on your grill. And Are you guys always experimenting with food? Oh, constantly. Now, one, one of the things that I absolutely adore about working with this dude, this is the only man I know who will spend an hour browsing the charcoal section. And he's like, well, I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. Let's find out. What are you looking for? I just, I, I'm just constantly curious about everything. Does it depend on what you're cooking? Yeah. And then, you know, and then vice versa. Paul knows more about every uh, international food market in the city and where to find things that I would never even think to find and things like that. So, yeah, we all kind of have our own little interesting uh, tidbits. And Well, I mean, Chuck, you're known for the barbecue and stuff. And, Paul, I've known you more for the recipes and stuff that you, you yeah, put out. Yeah, I used to do a lot of recipes. Yeah, a yeah. ton of them. They're great. And I think my mom has a bunch of yours snipped out <laughs> and cut up. So um, where, where do you guys – when do you defer to Paul? When do you defer to Chuck? Well, where do you guys um, like uh, ask each other for advice and stuff like that? I'm really curious but how we, you guys work together. We like, constantly kick information back and forth, but we we kind of know what our wheelhouses are as far as what we do. These days, I mostly track restaurant trends. Mike still very much uh, critic-oriented. Mm-hmm. Chuck is is the barbecue pit master. All three of us chase restaurant openings and closings as our schedule allows. Um, unfortunately, our, our publication deadlines are spaced out in such a way where there, there's always somebody who's free to chase the breaking news. Actually, you just mentioned something. 
that Abigail told me to talk about <laughs> the fruit trends that need to go away. Oh man, <laughs> let's go through those right now. Actually, all right. <laughs> the first one I see here is uh, Frida themed restaurants. That's a Chuck thing. I feel like I've talked to him about that. How do you guys that, feel that, about that, the that's, Frida? That's very much a Mike thing. Yeah, it's a uh, Mike. He reviewed, I believe it was three restaurants in the space of about six months, that all kind of. <laughs> just grotesquely capitalized on yes. Fri- on Frida's image to to push their product, and some of the product was just like genuinely horrid. So <laughs> I liken it to the Selena trend. It's like yeah, yeah. music, great, but it is over commercialized, and for sure, sometimes you just need to let it go. How, how do you feel about the Frida thing? I, I don't. I don't want to say a unibrow when I'm eating my enchiladas. <laughs> oh come on now. <laughs> 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 I, you know, I, 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 I've never actually eaten at a Frida themed restaurant. I Neither have I. I don't oh, know. you know, maybe I did go to Frida's. I think I went there. I, once. I did see the movie, so I appreciate. The, I appreciate. I appreciate the art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate the art. Well, yeah, the art is. I, I completely understand this whole. But it's like she's staring at you in the pictures. You know, you're like. Uh, but it, there's this artifice. That it's kind of like it's a fake cult of personality that's been developed essentially as, as a and I think a lot of people device. use her uh, inauthentically just yeah. just to slap her on there um, without actual reverence for her art yeah. or what I, I am not a big fan of the word authentic that can mean just about anything it's I a pretty t- much useless word you will never see me put it in print but it, as as what you're saying there yeah I, I, I like I can can we dig deeper on that because I always love that um, when Authentic and authenticity. I love talking about that because I always run across that in chilaquiles or in mole mm-hmm. or something at uh, at my restaurant where people are like, oh, this isn't – these aren't chilaquiles or this is authentic. Yeah. Authentic depends on like well, what, what you had as, as, as a kid. Authentic to when. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The, my grandmother made this. This is authentic to me or whatever. I, I always – that's a conversation I have nonstop, yeah. especially with mole. There's like – 20 different ingredients in mole and every region of Mexico adds more or less of each ingredient. This tastes more like chocolate. This doesn't. And it's something I, I love talking well, about. Actually. All, all three of us, uh, Chuck, Mike, and myself, we, we are, we're hardcore food, food nerds. We mm-hmm. first and foremost love food and drink and all that. But we're also journalists and we have a serious responsibility to be accurate in our reporting. And to use a word like authentic applies – it, it, it sort of suggests that this thing is okay and this, and this thing is, is not, not okay. But who the heck am I to say the way you do your enchiladas here, that that gets the green light thumbs up authentic. This one that's coming from, you know, uh, the other side of Texas, not authentic. I, we, we just – we don't have uh, – Authenticity is, is – it depends on what you – it depends on the person. It's, yeah, it's relative. It's not a word that can be used with any sort of, of – journalistic accuracy yeah. in my books. So yeah, like if, if it can't be empirically uh, calculated. Yeah. If you're the first person to make a grilled cheese sandwich in Alaska, <laughs> you, are you, did you just make an authentic Alaskan <laughs> grilled cheese sandwich? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. It, it doesn't mean anything. And it's, it, it's, almost really annoying to have to talk about like, no, this is just why I make these th- this way because migas and chilaquiles and the text makes you like, like yeah. it, that, that's always been yeah. what's authentic, what's not. Well, anytime you drop anything. that term, too, you are also inviting, number one, being wrong mm-hmm. and really denigrating somebody else's truth. Exactly. And that's, uh, yeah, that's that's not our business. That's somebody else's business. Yeah. One thing one thing we do when we write is we we, we also we we completely avoid using the word first or only. Oh, yeah. Those are deadly. 
Those are deadly words. And just, just as authentic as because, yes, Paul's right. Somebody's going to find out that you're wrong and they'll call you out on it. So. And, and I love that you brought the whole journalistic aspect to it because it's something I talk with Mike all the time. Uh, people uh, get mad at the the restaurant critic for saying they didn't like a restaurant or something. But at the end of the day, he's like he he's giving you his opinion. You can take it at face value or whatever. But I think he's just trying to maximize your food dollars, like the same amount of money that you go out and spend on a concert or somewhere else. You spend it on food as well. And you just want an opinion on, OK, what is this? A thing that I really thing. love about Mike's approach to, to food criticism is that he's not measuring a product against a expected standard for mm. that product. He is simply evaluating whether it's good, whether he likes it. Is it something that, again, that helping folks spend their their dining dollars. When he first came here, he, he kind of explained his philosophy to me that people don't need help understanding how to spend $5. They need help understanding how to spend $500. Except that, you know, your, your burger place is your burger place. But when yeah. it comes to a real kind of new, fancy, high-end place. Yeah, where you're going to go for your birthday and you want yeah. to, you're going to spend some money having a good time. Yeah, you're only going to have one or two meals like that a year. Exactly, yeah. For, for most people, yeah. And we got on a tangent, which is my favorite thing. To get on tangents, it, it happens with with this gang. Uh, <laughs> speakeasy bars. If you've got an Instagram page, you're not a speakeasy. How do you guys yeah. feel about speakeasy bars? Um, about I, I, to Mike's point, a a speakeasy. It, this is this is again using language accurately and correctly. Mm -hmm. A speakeasy is not a place that has a sign hanging over it. That was a an underground illegal bar during prohibition. Things can be speakeasy inspired. I mean, you can you can certainly cultivate that aesthetic in a space like but a, it ain't like a, a door that's yeah. a bookcase <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's, it's cute it's fun but it ain't a speakeasy it's yeah. a gimmick there was one uh the green lantern where they had no sign for a really long time mm. all it was was literally a green light and that's how you knew it. and it was underneath another restaurant yeah one, one of my favorite bars in town uh bar 1919 down oh, the blue star yeah of course all they've got is a little red light over the door there's no sign and actually i don't think they have an instagram page they might i'm not sure i haven't checked it out. I, I, I don't know either <laughs> I, I i don't think they uh use the, the language speakeasy anymore but it, it it's definitely in that spirit yeah I mean, I, I would agree with every, every, absolutely everything Paul said. I, I, I mean, last last time I checked, uh, you, you know. Are you a cocktails kind of guy or are you just like a, maybe a beer, bourbon, something? Chuck has a remarkably refined cocktail. I have, a, I have a very firm policy in that I drink anything that's wet. <laughs> <laughs> and only things that are wet, yes. <laughs> I will not drink a churro. You're never going to see me scoop it out of Jello shot or anything like gotcha. that. But, you know, but but no, I mean they're fun. I mean they're they're fun. I mean you know it's you know there's one behind the uh, the the uh, barn door. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called the uh, R the RD. Yes, and you got to like. You got to text message them. And, and then they give you a code. And yeah, they'll like give you a, a, a keyword or something like that. And they're fun. And all the furniture in there is from the 1920s and everything like that. So it's more it, of it's a, a fun date night. Like a thing. fun yeah. thing, right? It's like a yeah, But I'm not going to go out of my way to go to a speakeasy. I mean, gotcha. come on. <laughs> well, this is a good one. Gold leaf. Uh, I can't, I don't know, this is all Paul, right? Take it away. Okay, I, I, I get that it makes things look nice. It, it, who doesn't like shiny, right? Of course. To me, it's more of a visceral response. And 
for those who remember Goldschlager back in the day. Oh, oh boy. So, yeah, yeah, PTSD. It's, it's, or for, it's, it's, or forgot about Goldschlager. <laughs> How can you forget about that vile stuff? Yeah. So for, for me, it's more of a, a visceral response to seeing a thing. It's, yeah. it's a, a memory trigger, a physical memory trigger. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that always makes me Goldschlager and uh, Rumple Mints are the, two, mm-hmm. the devil's toothpaste. And uh, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yes. it's not Nashville. Sorry, you don't get to square a little hot sauce on your Yardbird Sammy and call it Nashville hot chicken. So the the Nashville hot chicken thing took off probably I don't know maybe eight ten years ago, and then suddenly everybody had something they were calling Nashville hot chicken. And I I have had KFC had, has one. I, I've been to reputable excellent restaurants in town. We we shall remain unnamed at the time, uh, but was you know they they had their their lunch special. It's their Nashville hot chicken, and it comes out covered in in like a chipotle sauce with queso fresco and pickled onions. That, that ain't Nashville, man. Just. Call a thing what it is. It's it is a, fry, a hot fried chicken sandwich. It's not this. Nashville has a definition. That is a distinct style that came out of a certain part of the country. And what's Nashville style? How would you describe it? So I mean, it is fried. Okay, uh, that's expected. But most importantly, it gets crusted in this huge amount of of fiery cayenne pepper. This is going oh. to be painful stuff. Some places also dunk it into a a, a chili oil before before serving it. Like if if you want it extra face melting. <laughs> Which but, I do. I love spicy. Are you yeah. guys spicy? Good. Oh heck yeah! Yeah, I, love I mean it. we're in San Antonio, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean that. <laughs> yeah. I mean that doesn't mean anything. I mean uh, people. I know people here that they cannot handle <laughs> even a little bit of spice. This is very true. But uh, yeah, continue. No, that, that, that that's it. It's it, it, primarily KN is the driving fire force behind it, and yeah, there's a lot of things in town that call itself Nashville that is not at that all. decidedly not no. Nashville. The next one, farmers markets. Yes, they're still fun to go to, but there aren't many farmers. <laughs> Why don't you like about them? There's no farmers. Like, 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 you used to the the entire concept of a farmers market is, I'm going to get my lettuce, I'm going to get my onions, I'm going to get my tomatoes, I'm going to get everything like that. Most of these markets here in town, you're lucky to find one, maybe two places that have that have fresh produce that was actually grown on a farm. I mean, they they're they're now like chocolatiers, caribou makers. Uh, food trucks, um, soap. Yeah, it's a place. Candles, to rosemary, lip balm, and watch people in the <laughs> I have. I won't. I'll tell you guys later. I have seen a guy that I see at Restaurant Depot all the time <laughs> bring tomatoes to a farmers market. That you don't know what you're getting. I, yeah, I don't know that it's been exhaustively researched here in San Antonio, but certainly around the country, it is a known fact that. Plenty of wholesalers pick up goodies, bring them to the market. <laughs> yep. they, it, it, they're not necessarily presenting them as I grew these it's six a miles bit down the dubious, road. Though. Yeah, but, but when there's a sticker on your pepper, come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of them are grown in a lot. Of, a lot of the produce is grown in like greenhouses and things like that. So it's not this element of you know growing up and you know the the fruit being blossomed by nature and yeah. things like that. It's all, always under artificial conditions. And I think that the thing that's important to mention about this is it. Farmers are not happy about this development. There are plenty of people who who do painstakingly break their backs to create beautiful food. And the the vehicles that they have to sell that product, the, these farmers markets, mm-hmm. nobody's going there for them. Yeah. They've, they've, they've been overrun by other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one's a good one. Bar games. You go to the neighborhood <laughs> bar to socialize, relax, and watch the football game on TV. You do not go there to play a four-foot game of Connect Four. What's, what's your problem with games here? 
Come on. <laughs> Chuck's just got a thing against Jenga. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, it, it's all so gimmicky. And it's like, how, do, how does that catch on? Like, how does that catch on to where like, hey, I want to go out and have a beer or something like that. Let's play a giant thing of Jenga with two by four pieces of wood and, and just make a giant colossal mess. And I, I don't want to build this thing back up or anything like that. It's like... I don't want to build it back up. Look, oh, you got me there. Yeah. But I'm going to defend the bar games because <laughs> sometimes we're out and it's just like, it's fun. We're having a beer, but it's a little bit dull, but I don't want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I think Chuck would only be on board with this if you bring back 1970 style yard darts. Oh. <laughs> yeah. If I could throw a yard dart at you, I'm all in. Uh, was, that, was that the last one? That, that was the yeah, last yeah. one. But yeah, no, um, I, I'm going to defend the bar games stuff because- Wait, do you do you got a favorite game? Is it is it the Connect Four? I was just about to say, where does where 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 does the line end? And the the oversized games or what? What's I mean? Does darts count as as a bar game? Does no darts? Darts and pool are are are, are they're safe? They're in another they're grandfathered closed in into the bar (laughs) scene. It's these new hokey things that just need to go away. I mean, like if if you come at me, if yeah, if you come at me and you say, hey. Chuck, let's play some Connect Four. I might throw my beer in your face and say, you know what? I got more dignity than to play Connect Four uh, at, the, at, the, at the local brew pub. You know, I'm just not doing it. I like the Jenga. The Jenga gets intense. I, I have been part of some intense Jenga games where it does get fun. Look. But the Jenga's got to be built ahead of time. Yes, it does. Like if, if it collapses, you're done. Oh, well, yeah. That, that was just, when, when you mentioned that uh, having to pick it back up, it's like it's like a one-time thing. I'm good. I'm not, not going to pick up this mess. I don't, I don't even know how to assemble a Jenga board anymore. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, this has been fun. Uh, I want to do this like at least once a week with y'all. Okay. That way we can get we can talk more about this stuff and or, may, or maybe bi-weekly I don't know I haven't thought about well, it you know, we'll it's talk. a real challenge to get the three of us to no yes down. yes Get any getting anyone over here to the office down here has been it's been a challenge but uh, thank you guys so much for coming in I really appreciate it alright thank Anytime. you it's been a yeah. pleasure